You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. We are recording this after the Capitals finished their road trip uh, west coast. Five out of Apostle, eight points against the Ducks, Sharks, Kings, and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Carl, your, your thoughts on the road trip and, and kind of the Capitals' results out there with a bunch of injuries mixed in? Yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Like we had talked about last time, uh, it's a pretty tough road trip going out to California. And Yep. A lot, a lot of factors, obviously the travel, time change, you got the weather that kind of plays into it where you want to get outside and enjoy that. And, and some, you know, notoriously pretty tough competition. And, th- and this year, um, I guess a little bit of a mixed bag with, with the teams there, but getting five of eight points, I think it is, is, is pretty, pretty solid, you know, overtime, taking Anaheim to overtime and, you know, they've, they've probably the best team of the bunch. Um, so having, having a pretty good game there to, to start it all off. And then, um, two shutouts mixed in. That's that's nice. That you know, anytime you win a game with a shutout, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And then you know, the going into Seattle, obviously it's sweet because it's your first time playing in that building. You want to see what the city's like and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I would say that probably I don't know, maybe the weakest competition of of the the four games that probably. they're playing. So it's. You know, it's, sometimes you uh, you play down to that level, and then of course, here we go. Mister Grubauer has something to prove against the Caps, and you know he does his thing. So you know, overall, I think you're pretty happy with that road trip, and it being as tough as it is, and what is it also seven games in eleven days or something like that. Like these guys are just being worked right now. So it's, I think you're, I think you're kind of you're going home with you know a pretty 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 happy mind after that yeah and I think the Seattle loss was almost a schedule loss because you just had you mentioned this you got seven games in 11 days all that travel it's the second half of a back-to-back like for, for them like I almost throw that loss out to, to Seattle based on just the circumstances yeah you can do that but you know then you can look at it this way where we talk about the there's the the teams that you need to beat and at this point Seattle's one of those teams that you need to beat regardless of of what kind of uh, schedule you have against you, but you are right. It's uh, at, at that point, your body's so broken down. Your, your, your mind is a little bit out of it. You're just waiting to, you're thinking about getting on that plane the next day and getting home to your family and stuff. So there it's a, it's definitely a mental and physical battle, but when it comes down to it, you really want to do your best to, to beat those teams you're supposed to be. Cause that's, you're assuming all the other teams are doing the same. Yeah, and, and TJ Oshie, what a shame about this. I know I know he was able to, to, bat, to battle back and, and play in, in San Jose on Saturday night, but how much does it stink that he wasn't able to, to get that game in Seattle? Yeah, you know what? That's uh, It stinks a lot because you have to assume that it was uh, that he was probably going to come back for that game against Seattle, and and it would have been nice to have him in one the game before just so it wasn't his first game back in front of some family and friends and all that. But, you know, it's, it's just 
it's just brutal how that works. And we're all hoping that he's he's going to be playing a little bit more regularly now because you know, he was, I think he was starting off uh, season pretty good. So yeah, it sucks. It sucks big time. You want to always play in front of in front of your friends and family, especially when you only get one opportunity a season to do that. So yeah, it's unfortunate. And yeah. there, there's been a lot of unfortunate things that have happened this year. That's what I was going to say is, is Daniel Sprung also missed the game, got hurt in warm-ups or at least aggravated an injury in warm-ups. Uh, Nick Dowd is is back, but also Nick is still out. The, the injury bug's starting to catch up to this team a little bit. Yeah, it is. It's uh, the Michael Neuvers special with getting getting injured in warm-up right before the game. It's uh, It sucks when that happens. It's like the, the jinx you always worry about when a guy is going to play his thousandth game that they don't get hurt in warm-up or right before the game playing soccer or something like that. And it, it's unfortunate when that happens to guys, but yeah, it, these are, these are, it seems like they're kind of nagging injuries. And so, you know, I guess there's a couple of different ways you can go about it where you, you try and battle back as fast as you can to get in the lineup for your team, or you, know, you take the the slow approach and, and make sure that it doesn't come back. But you know, that's never really guaranteed either. There's still something that can, that can always creep in. So it's, it's just too bad that they've, uh, they're having to deal with this in a, in a season where the schedule is fairly compact because of the uh, Olympic break coming up. So I, yeah, it's, it's going to be a grind and luckily they have some guys that they can, they can call on if they need it, but uh, you don't really want to have to tap into that this early. I'm assuming because you call it the Michael Norver special, not the Carl Alsner special that this never happened to you. I don't think I ever got hurt in warm up. I got hurt one time in pregame skate. I, uh, I strained an oblique taking one timer as my one timer was feeling good. So I just kept snapping them, getting passes back, back to me, back to me. I just kept roofing these things. The next thing you know, there goes my oblique in Columbus. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is, this is going to be a tough one, but never actually in warm up itself. I, I always had to be paying close attention to like guys like Beegs because Beegs would be flying around out there and you didn't want to run into them. Cause if you fall down in warm up, it's a uh, fine, you know, or I, I guess we would be called, you put money on the board. So yeah, if you fall in warm up, you have to put 50 bucks on the board for the game. So you always wanted to be careful, especially when you had someone like Beegs running around out there. So I was always keeping to myself, never took any really, really hard shots, a few hard strides, but not many and stay off to the side. So yeah, I was, I was pretty safe in warm up. Was that a Capitals thing or is that an every NHL team thing on falling in warm ups? That's an every NHL team thing. Is, and I'm pretty sure I, I haven't heard of a team that doesn't do it. So it's, it's hilarious. Like if you see someone go down and warm up, if you pay close attention, you'll see a bunch of guys smiling and laughing because they know, they know what that means. And and uh, you know, in Washington, there's a couple, there's a couple funny things that guys do. Actually, Matthew Pro was one of the guys that was uh, big into it. But a bunch of guys will whistle. Like I, I've always been so jealous of guys that that can whistle without like using their fingers. They can just do it with their tongue or whatever. And, uh, and so you'll hear a bunch of those kind of whistles happening when somebody does something like that. You, you just know right away that's, that's 50 right there. So it's, uh, it's one of the fun traditions that we have. So one of the things I almost, I, everybody, I, I see a lot of the writers I know seem to, to get worried after the Taylor Hall thing about guys who go without the bucket and warm ups. You always wear a helmet warm up, right? Yeah. So there's, there's a few kind of unwritten rules as well. And some guys follow them, some don't, but Typically, you want to have you know a few, at least a few years under your belt before you start going no helmet and warm up. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's like a respect thing, I guess, or you know, just just the way that it's always been. So um, I never did it, and I always joked around too that. Um, so it's another thing when when you get to the hotel, it's usually you know all the veterans that that uh, will go first in the elevator and go up to their room. So all the rookies, the younger guys. 
Um, they just wait, wait their turn until most of the older guys are up and then you, then you get in the elevator and, uh, sometimes guys will, will mess around. Like if you'll see, say a second or third year guy go in the, go in the elevator pretty early and a seven year guy hasn't got in yet. You'll stand right by the door and you'll just say, you'll just yell, Hey, go ahead. So-and-so. And and then next thing you know, that guy, you see the head just go down or they'll try and get out of there as fast <laughs> as they can. And so it's the same kind of thing. There's just these little, these little, I guess, unwritten rules. And, uh, and one of them is, is the helmet and warm up. And so I always said it was the same thing for the elevator that I wasn't going to take the first elevator until I had played, um, 10 years. And so I was going to be the same thing with my helmet. I was going to start going no helmet and warm up at 10 years. But when I got to Montreal, Montreal has a rule where no one's allowed to wear, uh, no helmet and warm up. And that's, I, I think it was some insurance thing. I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah, we never could. So I never had that opportunity. We did it a few times when the whole team would do it as like a whatever special day we'd, or we'd wear a hat or something like that. Or everyone was just for whatever reason, not wearing a helmet that day. But yeah, um, it, it's a risk sometimes because guys are shooting them high and hard off the poles, off the bar. And if you skate too close to the net, you're always worried that you're going to get one off the dome. And so it's it's a worry. But hey, it's one of the cool things about the sport is you get to go no bucket and warm up. It's what you dream about in juniors is having that chance and seeing the seeing guys flow in the wind there. And yeah, it's 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 kind of a neat it's a neat thing to do. But you know, I don't think you should do it unless you're an older guy. Didn't you have that a few times with the Tukes in the outdoor games? Yeah, so the outdoor games, that's one of them where you do something special like that where everybody wears the toque. Um, you do like the um, the military nights where all the guys will wear the camo hats right. or something like that. So those are those are fun, and that's that's when everybody gets to do it or you, you recommend that everybody does it. And for the most part, I think everybody does. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. I, I enjoy it, but you do you do skate around a little bit more gingerly when you're out there without a helmet you're kind of like i better not fall i'm careful for my pivots all that stuff so it's weird the guys that that do it regularly it's uh it's cool that they do do that well you know i i went skating in pentagon row last week obviously i'm not wearing a helmet i'm just skating out there and it was it was my first time on the ice in 23 months so i had to make sure i wasn't falling anywhere (laughs) exactly i know it's that's like a nightmare to be able just the public skate or whatever even on rollerblades and utopic and and go down in front of everybody and actually hurt yourself. So yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be careful. I've been, cause I've been skating a little bit now. I, I'm not wearing shoulder pads, but one of the things I'll always wear is elbow pads. So falling on your elbow is one of the worst things. And I, oh my God, I hated it during, during my career. Um, I pretty much the entire season, my elbows would be black and blue just from, you know, you get tripped, you fall, hit your elbow or you, you get hit into the boards and your elbows, uh, your elbow pads just slide down a little bit and they hit the boards. Oh, it was painful. I couldn't even lay on them. And so I'm so happy now. I'm not having to, to worry about that gel bow anymore and just kind of live my life. Yeah. Let, let, let's not have you like break an elbow or anything in, in your, uh, in your training skates now, please. <laughs> yeah. No, imagine that. Every time I leave to go skate now, Mandy, she's like trying to get hurt today. And I'm like, that would be something if I went out there and hurt myself in these, but that, it does happen. You, you know, you don't, you don't train the body as much as you normally do. It happens whenever you're a little bit rusty. Yeah, well, you were, you were durable in your NHL career. Let's not jinx anything after after your career is over here. Uh, yes. we'll, we'll, we'll be back uh, next segment. We're going to talk to an f- old friend, uh, now Canadians forward, Matthew Perot, uh, here on Caps. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to All's Caps. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner, and we are joined by former Capitals forward, now Canadians forward, Matthew Perot. Matthew, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I'm going to set Carl up for, for a bunch of these questions, but uh, what I, this is must be fun for you playing for the Canadians at, at this part of your career. I, I know it's been only eight games this season, but kind of what's the experience been like for you? Yeah, like it's been it's been awesome, honestly. Um, just this summer, enough to really having to move. Uh, I spent all my summers here back home in, in Quebec, so uh, now you know I have three kids at the age of four and five years old it was just uh it was just the best uh, kind of case scenario for me so obviously my favorite team growing up as well so it was uh it made for an easy decision for me it's tough though you got like just hearing guys talk about it going home to play in your hometown having your friends and family there all the time distractions and i know what it's like to get tickets in montreal through the games it's not <laughs> you know, you know try to get a few tickets in a row too and you know, Flower Flower tries to work his magic. Flower's a team service guy there, but it's uh, it's one of those buildings that's that's tough. And I know, like Wino said, you've unfortunately been out with some some injury, and you've you've only had a chance to play in eight games. But what what's that been like trying to balance getting getting family to the game and friends to the game? If they've been trying to trying to get out as much as possible, and, and what have you been doing with that? Yeah, honestly, so far so good. Um, like you said, I've missed a bunch of games, but early the games that I played. Um, I was able to to get tickets for my family at least, uh, and when it comes to like the friends and stuff like that, they they kind of get their own tickets. But like you said, getting tickets here in, in Montreal is not the easiest thing. Um, we're pretty much sold out every game, um, especially on the weekends, like the Saturday night games, is is really hard to get tickets. But <clears throat> lucky enough, and I was able to get my wife, get my kids in there, my parents, so um, they got to enjoy a few games. Um, and obviously, I had the one game at home that. Um, I was able to get a hat trick, and we we won against Detroit. That was uh, that was a special night, and you know I had friends and family there, so that was uh, that was really cool. I know I'd rather have uh, we'd all rather you have be playing, but have you gotten a chance to have the Bell Center hot dogs while not playing? I have, yes, <laughs> they're available for us uh, downstairs when you uh, when you're not playing, watching the game. So um, I cheated once so this year. Um, I think I was with uh, actually Droy and. <laughs> He went and got some hot dogs and he asked me, hey, you want a couple? I was like, yeah, sure, man. Can't say no to that. So uh, it's hard to resist for sure. The All Caps podcast is, is very much in favor of these hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love so, it. In, in the in the, the player or the wives lounge, we call it family lounge, yeah. there's, uh, there's a couple guys that have worked there for like 40 years. They've been there forever. And you go in there and um, you would get, you after the game, you just kind of throw your order in. What kind of hot dog do you want? What do you want on it? And they just start cooking these things up for you. And so this is actually really funny. So 
Nice. P, you'd like this too, because it was so when I was there and I wasn't playing and I was getting getting scratched a bunch. I would start to go into the family lounge by the by the second intermission because you know at that point to me it didn't didn't really matter. And I would go in there and I'd start asking the guys for for a coffee. <laughs> they knew what that meant. They'd give me a coffee cup with a with a Coors Light poured in it. And that was my order. <laughs> in, in the second intermission, I was getting getting coffee, Coors Lights, and those guys are beauties. You always love the the people that are working around the rink because they always always looking out for you too. So it's kind yeah. of kind of one of those things. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, this year at the family lounge is kind of uh, since with COVID, they keep it pretty um, not really accessible for for families and stuff. So it's it's changed for sure since you were there probably, but. I get those coffee cups with Coors Lights with the guys in, uh, in, <laughs> in the lounge in the room actually this year. So it's <laughs> win the game, you, get, you can get one of those. Yeah. The the, uh, the 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 closest thing we have comparison to that is there's a, a, a Chinese food place in Chinatown, not far from from Capital One Arena, where after three o'clock when they can't sell alcohol anymore, there's a Chinese place that you ask for cold tea and they put Coors Light into basically teacups, and so you're drinking as long as you want because of that. <laughs> there you go. And it looks just like tea too. It's it's funny though. Like it, you know, everyone everyone thinks we're we're just like well oiled machines, you know, like do, doing stuff at the rink all the right way. But yeah. it's funny. Like I I never played one single game in Montreal as a visitor without having at least one hot dog before the game. Yeah. <laughs> and then going back to even when we were in Hershey and and Beaker, the trainer there, would always have chocolate or Timbits or whatever it was. And you, I mean you're. You're eating donuts and stuff before the game, and then you go out there to play it. It's just kind of funny, you know. Like we, we kind of yeah. we kind of do what we need to do. But I, I wanted to just quickly bring bring this back a little bit because yeah. one one of my best memories in hockey, looking back on it now, was the formation of the Chums. And the Chums, yeah. we owe it all to to you and to Boosh, pretty much. And I just uh, I've tried to explain it a little bit before in the past, but. But I want I want to uh, you know, get get your memory of that and and kind of yeah. your what your favorite things about that were. Yeah, I mean, I mean it started in Hershey. Um, obviously, those two years that we won the Calder Cup there were two. Looking back, like two of my best years of my life, really. Um, and that was when I was with you, and it was Beeks and and Carly, me and Butch. You know, that's this that's just what we call it in French. You know, a chum is like. You know your your closest friend, the guys you you know your your best friend. So, um, us us five together. You know we had uh, we had some good times. You know, and when we moved up to Washington, we had the four of us. Butch never made it, but uh, it was me, you, Beegs, and Carly. You know, it kind of stick to for this is gonna stick for a lifetime. You know, so we're chums forever because you know we we shared this uh, special bond that we had in in Washington and especially in the uh, in Hershey. You know, winning those championships. So. This is this is pretty cool. So why no? There's there's a, another nickname that uh, that P has, and uh, and maybe he can explain it to us a little bit how he got it. But if he doesn't remember, I can remember for sure. But it was all about becoming the little dog, and that happened <laughs> when uh, he, he started getting his first couple call ups with the Caps, and uh, and <laughs> his the crew of guys that he would hang out with, and we were always so jealous because we're all we're all trying to make it right. We're all, we all want to be part of the, part of the gang. And, uh, and P, do you, do you remember how you became the little dog sure. you hanging out with that, that gave you that nickname? Yeah, that was uh, Jose Theodore that gave me that. Nickname. <laughs> um, so I, I just get called up. So I don't know really anybody on the team yet. Um, and he's the only other French guy on the team. So we, 
we go on the road, first road trip, and he just comes up to me and he's like, hey, kid, you're, you're coming with me. So me, he's just like, all right, man, no, <laughs> whatever, like, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. So he's like, let's go. So we, I, I started going to dinner with him and he was hanging out with Dovi, uh, Semin, Backstrom, Green, uh, you know, like the big dogs on the team really at the time. Like they were, you know, the, the guys that were, you know, carrying the team and stuff. So they're, they're the big dogs and... I just started hanging out with them because uh, Jose took me under his wing and he's like, let's go. So after a few uh, a few weeks hanging out with the big dogs, it's uh, it came into the room that, you know, Jose was calling me out like, yeah, he's just a little dog hanging out with the big <laughs> dogs. And I just stuck around. And then even to this day, you know, I'll, I'll run into like guys that I played with and they'll still call me little dogs. So it's it's pretty funny. They <laughs> <laughs> stick, why not? Just like that. You get, you get one... One person that comes up with something good and, and you got it for life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, li- I like those rather than just the generic nicknames and ones that have the stories behind them. Um, I, yeah. I, 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 Matthew, I, I, my favorite part of these is is asking our guests for their best Carl Osner stories. And now that he's not playing anymore, I think you might be able to tell a story that's not just he's a great guy. I mean, he is a great guy. <laughs> we know that. We know that. That's not. That's not the concern. I mean, I gotta try to think of a story. I mean, we had some really good time together, but like one really good story. Honestly, for me, like one of the one of the really good memory that I have with with Alzi is uh, going to his wedding um, in Vancouver. Um, I remember going there with uh, with my wife and just uh, showing up there to to the to the to the evening, the happening, and it was. Uh, I remember the fun that we had that night. You know, dancing all night under the music and just, you know, having literally one of the best time of her life. So, um, you know, I, I, mean, I mean, it's not a crazy story, but this is, uh, you know, one of my best memories that I have uh, with Ozzy for sure. That was a time when we wish we would have had an ISO cam. We wish we'd had someone filming tonight because if you, <laughs> yes. you want to have a good dance party at a wedding, and I'm sure there's lots of people that have good dance parties, but you get a group of hockey players at a at a wedding that majority <laughs> of them cannot dance, but just love having a great time. Like my yeah. buddies, like my buddies from school still talk about it to this day. Like how how crazy all the guys were just getting out on the dance floor. So much sweat happening, glasses <laughs> being smashed on the floor, and everyone's still going at it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just I ripped in my uh, suit pants too, yeah. like going down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was open bar, right, Carl? Oh, of course it was open absolutely. bar. Open bar, open candy bar. Everything was open. I didn't want the guys to have to worry about anything. So <laughs> have a good time. Yeah, that was a great time. It, it's still wacky to me realizing all the the, the the times in the locker room. You guys were together and like. We, we were all kind of young. I was young covering the league. You guys were young playing in the league. And now we're sitting here talking like like this is a, an old war from a decade ago. Yeah, essentially. I mean, I, I was I was thinking about it last night too. And uh, it's it's unfortunate that you that you forget so many things that, that have mm. happened along the way. Like I've been kicking myself for not writing down more stuff that, that's happened. But um, something that came to me yesterday when uh, I was just – just looking around the internet and, it's, and thinking back on it now is one of the funnier things, but me and you went through a little phase um, doing celebrations on the bench for shootout winning goals. And yours got caught on camera a couple times. <laughs> if anybody, anybody listening right now, you got to go and Google the Matthew Perot bench celebrations. Cause it's one of the funniest. And I swear you got to bring this back. Bring it to Montreal. Oh. It's gonna blow up, dude. Give us, give us a few more of the whole full body cutters. <laughs> they were hilarious. Oh yeah, that was crazy. That was in Buffalo, and we wanted to shoot out. I think that night, I think so like we started doing that for it's for maybe a couple of games, and I just went like really hard and crazy at it, and then 
just got cut on camera, but uh, that just, that just shows how much of a good time we had, you know, back then. Like, we were winning so many games too, and, and when we were there in Walsh, like, we had such a great team, so like it was so much fun. Exactly. I, I just watched the video of this, and I don't remember this happening at the time. It, it started catching a little bit of fire, and I think we all kind of got nervous that we were going to get in trouble for like doing this on the bench with the team. So we, I think we shut it down after, I don't know, we did like three three games in a row, maybe three or four games, and then we we're just like, okay, let's let's stop this. Because I saw I saw him getting getting caught on camera doing it, so I'm like, I don't want to get caught on camera doing it. So <laughs> let's stop this right now. But that was, I mean, and. And so this is this is part of the, the thing though too is like playing in Washington is you can get away with with some of these things and now now you being in Montreal it's you know it's a little different there's so much more spotlight and if you were to you know do it one game after a win you're you're hilarious and everyone likes it and then next thing you know the the team starts going downhill a little bit and and it can turn sideways and I don't yeah. think things for the team haven't been ideal right now but like you know. In, in the end, still playing in Montreal, being being a Hab fan growing up, you know, it, it's regardless of if the team's playing playing good or playing bad, is it still does it still feel like a dream or does it feel like uh, you know because things aren't going great right now? Is it kind of like I I, I wish I was exper- experiencing this under different circumstances? Yeah, I mean, like you know what, it, like you know what it is like when the team is not doing well, like it's really hard to enjoy yourself going going to work going to the, the rink you know so it's you know i it is what it is like i it's it's something that i never really gone through in my career because i got i was lucky enough to always you know play on teams that were doing well or this in season and like you know being a, a playoff team so it's it's hard right now to really fully enjoy what what montreal could potentially be you know because in this city if you do have success it's i mean it's the best I think it's one of the best places in the world to play because it's, you know, the fans are so passionate and stuff. So um, obviously it's still early in the season. Um, it's been great so far. I mean, other than that, the fact that we're, we're not winning, like everything else around it, uh, for me and my family has been, it's been awesome. Um, but now, you know, I'm just, I'm just uh, hoping that I can recover here soon and come in and maybe help the team turn things around. And so we can actually uh, enjoy ourselves a little bit more, you know? Yeah, I don't care. Get a couple of hatties out of you here. Wino, do you have anything else you want to ask Pierre? No, no <laughs> let's, let's take a break real quick, and then we're going to come back with Carl's stupid questions. We'll, we'll, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll be right back on All Caps. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps with uh, with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner, former Capitals forward Matthew Pro. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino, and we get to the to Carl's favorite part of the show, uh, Carl's stupid questions. Now, yeah, P. So the way that works is um, I'm going to ask you six questions here. They are, you know, very little to do with hockey, just for fun. <laughs> I'll give you a score at the end, and uh, that I make up. See how you do, Steve-O. Steve-O Alexi is uh, is is first place right now with a pretty solid score of 101. So oh. good luck to you. It's all based on how good your answers are, but we want, we want okay. to. So hit me with okay. that. Question number one. If you were a DJ, 
what would your DJ name be? DJ Little Dog, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that's what you were going to go. It was the right yeah. answer. That was the right answer. And would you be would you be uh, spinning uh, like uh, what do you call it? I guess house music or like, I don't even know what they call it. EDM or would you be doing hip hop? What kind of kind of DJing you doing? Yeah, I'd be in the the house music, deep house music, you know, and starting to slow and ramp it up probably with some more maybe EDM later on. You know, uh, it reminds me of you pretending you always had your headphone on, fake headphone, <laughs> in the car. <laughs> All right, uh, okay, so leads me into the next one here. Um, karaoke night. Which uh, which song are you picking for karaoke? Uh, chicken fried. Chicken this, yeah, chicken fried. Is that <laughs> I think? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like that song, and I play it in my car, and I, I can I can probably sing it to you right now. I know it, all the words, and this this would be my best song for sure. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so this is this. I always love this. Like playing with guys that are that English is their second language. Hearing them talk and tell jokes, it's always so much funnier. Um, <laughs> What so still, even though you know you you've you've played in uh, English speaking places your entire career, what English word do you struggle with saying, or is there is there one? It's I mean, there's words like sometimes I'll put H's when there's not, and I'll forget to pronounce them. So like I don't know, like I'll say like a uh, elbow when I want to say elbow. <laughs> like that happens all the time. Like so, I really struggle with my uh, H's for sure. Elbow. So yeah, or like a tree. I'd say like. A, a tr like no tree instead of like three for the number three you know <laughs> yeah yeah so you heard you probably heard me say it many times you know all kinds of times it reminds me too like why well, know when you know people people who are well swedish guys usually they pronounce their um their j's as y's and so back he would always <laughs> he was playing cards or whatever and instead of calling it a jack he'd call it a yak jackass <laughs> and it would be so fun yeah <laughs> You know, that's something we take for granted, knowing knowing this language, I guess. Okay, um, so I a little superstitious. I I, I know I know a little, that I am. a little uh, a little, and I know that everybody has a few things. Little dog, what pregame ritual could you not live without? Because I I've seen some of yours. I know what you do. I know that you like to do the little glide across the red line right before the game starts, before the anthem or whatever it is. What yeah. of your rituals? Which ones could you not live without? You had to do it before every game. Wow, that's a good question because I I don't have many. Like you said, the one to slide on the red line that's that's a given for sure. I always do it. Um, um, in the room before I would go on the ice, like I just kind of get in in the middle of the room and I'll do like a little bit of a stretch in the middle of the room that I do. But I, I don't have anything crazy for you, so that's that's about it. Yeah, I'm not that. Uh, keep it pretty simple. Keep it simple. Why well, also what what I was saying with his. Uh... His uh, ritual that he does, and anybody who's watching him play can keep a close eye on it now because I love to point these things out. Um, is I, I mean, I don't know where you start or how early it starts, but like uh, you'll you'll see him kind of two foot just glide right along the red line, and even if there's a ref there, he'll be dodging dodging the ref, trying to stay on that line as best as possible. And it, it's just one of those things. Once you do something one time, and whatever for whatever reason you play good. And, it's there's just no getting out of it so i that's one of i think you're the first guy that ever brings that up to me you know i don't i i honestly don't know if anybody else knows that like <laughs> i'm pretty impressed that you actually uh noticed that Every what i'll do is this, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get both of my feet on the circle like the dot like the center dot there you so, go. Or like I'll go around, but I'm two, my two feet has to touch the, the center dot. Every um, every Canadian's fan listening, every Canadian's fan listening will now notice this every time you play. Yeah, yeah, because this is once we jump back on the ice, 
after warm up before the anthem. So I'll go for one hard lap and then coming back, I'll loop the other way and then just get both feet on that dot. So pretty impressed that you actually noticed that. <laughs> well, I I had I had something like that too. I had to I had to do the exact same um, like put my helmet on the same way after the anthem. I had to do like a little squat in the corner and then quick feet around one circle and then a tight turn around the other. So those are those are things I always wanted to see what other guys do. like even for big Ersk, like Ersk had a ton. So, so <laughs> always paying attention to what guys are up to because maybe it made me feel better about the ones that I had to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ersk was pretty crazy with the water bottle, wasn't he? Like on the bench, like he would stack them like you'd always have to like have a water and then a gatorade and the water isn't that yeah exactly and so Ursi would be a great guy to talk to about this because <laughs> yeah he, and the water bottles and the gatorade could never be on their side so guys a lot of times would just take a swig and then throw it back in the in the trough there and, and Ursi would have to stand them all back up perfectly and then carly carly would come by and Ursi would have just stacked all of them up perfectly and carly would come by with his stick and just knock them all over <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was too funny um, okay, so the last one I have for you here, in your opinion, the three best players in the game right now, not named McDavid and Crosby. McKinnon, yeah, for sure. Um, and then I would go with Kucherov and yep. Tampa. I mean, two pretty special players. And um, I want to put a defenseman. I want to say uh, that uh, McCarr in Colorado, he is nasty. Like he's, yeah, when I was in Winnipeg, like the one year, like his rookie year, I think that, like the highlight clip they made of him, like when he won the, I think he won the rookie of the year, maybe. Or yep. I was on there, like he literally <laughs> baked me up so hard that I fell, like fell on my back, and he just roofed it. Okay, this kid is something else. Uh, you're not gonna <laughs> be the only one. He's he's fakes out and and, and looks makes oh, it no, look I, silly over the next ten years. Yeah. yeah it's crazy it takes some serious balls to try and put moves on guys as the last guy back on the blue line so the fact yeah. that he's able to do that is is pretty impressive reminds me yeah. a little bit all right that's a six for you um just tallying this up really quick here and got you at 95 points p not bad not bad yeah not too bad i i had to give okay. you that I had to give you a little, um, a little minus because just the just the stretch in the room. I needed, I needed yeah, some more juice that. on that one. But ninety five puts you in second place, so congrats. Oh, yeah. not bad. Yeah, thanks. And, and yeah, Carl, we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring John Erskine on and do and do uh, superstition <laughs> talk at some point too. I'm sure. I hope so. Erskine would be a blast to have on. <laughs> But Matt, Matthew, uh, hopefully have you back on, on, on the ice very soon. Hopefully be playing in D.C. Yeah. very soon. Thank you very much for joining us. All right. Thanks, guys. That was fun. No that, problem. That'll, that'll, do for, that'll do it for this episode of All's Caps. For Carl Olsner and Matthew Perot, I'm Steve Wynos. Talk to you next time.